considering it was your first time, are you confused and feeling a little bit weird about it? <laughs> Always. I've been feeling that way my whole life. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best-loved and most-hated movies. I'm Frida. I'm Abby, and this week's movie is The Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I don't know why Frida said her name like that and then rolled her eyes at herself. <laughs> sure. <laughs> One of those days, isn't it? <laughs> I, just had to de- I just had to do, like pump myself up dancing to afro beats to sit here and do this because i was like basically catatonic about an hour ago oh listen i have not slept well the last two nights so i woke up this morning and i was messaging you because i was just like i need to know if i can go back to sleep or not basically if you tell me i haven't watched the movie i'm going back to sleep <laughs> then yeah, you messaged well, and you were like I, I replied- no i'm ready with both and i was like no I replied in the float, the floater, like when I saw it last night. But sometimes, you know, it gives you a notification. You reply in the float and press enter, right. and I guess it didn't. It, did, it yeah. didn't succeed. It floated to the ether. Um, Dude. All right. Well, how are you? What's going on? Uh, I'm definitely in that executive dysfunction that we talked about mm. last on the last episode. I had this thing where I've got this manuscript, and um, I finished one manuscript kind of, and then I was looking back on the comments. Not reviewer comments, co- comments from co-authors. Yeah. And I just thought they were just too bitchy. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were just bitchy and <laughs> it, it's a very small amount of editing, but the bitchiness sent me into like, no, 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 no. Unnecessary. Someone was like, does this really need to be here? Can it be in a supplement? And then another person wrote, geez, I know, right? god i know that's that's not that is absolutely fucking horrific what the fuck who did the, what who the fuck does that i know i so said that was me on i was like this was something i could have gotten out of the way so quickly but i i felt emotionally bulldozed by the bitchiness of the comments that's and... actually wild <laughs> Having the little back and forth as if like you're not a part of the conversation. Like what? <laughs> I'm right here, guys. <laughs> when I was a student and I put a I put a um a report into one of the tutors who was a PhD student and he wrote about my report, isn't this a little pedestrian? I have never gotten that insult out of my head. It's I, like worse than calling somebody yeah. average. I remember Just like this doing, is average and plodding. I remember doing my uh, a lab report in my undergrad and getting the comments back. And it was literally just like, you know, the little yellow PDF tags. And it was just, no. And I was like, uh, okay. Like, no. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for your feedback. (laughs) I know. I'm. 
Yeah, so that that was me. That was me on Friday, and I and I kind of was like, I'll sit down on Saturday. No, nope, Sunday. No, there's a war on Sunday. Mm. So, fuck no. it. No, no. There was a war today. I think you need to. I need, I think you need some sort of strategic way to respond to these comments to just be, you know, super super nice and pleasant, but calling it out in such a way of like, are you for fucking real? <laughs> like, or just say that. Say, are you for fucking real with these comments? So that I did. And I, I went to this um, benefit, Neuroscience Foundation benefit, and this lady spoke. There was a bunch of speeches, a couple from men, very nice, very, very well regarded, um, you know, neuro, neuroscience people. And then this lady spoke and she was wearing this red outfit and she was so dazzling. She was so wonderful and passionate and so cool. And she's so cool that she's had a, mur- a mural painted of her face, like on Amazing. construct on like, and then I went up to her at the end and I was like, hello, I'm dazzled by you. <laughs> you dazzled me. Hello. <laughs> you're better. Th- I said, you're better than every single person here. Cause you she know. was wearing red. <laughs> well, it's like the, the, the guys who are just like, um, the guys who are like, um, you know, really great neurosurgeons and important people, but like the level that you have to be to be a woman to make it in that yeah. space is such an extra level of razzle dazzle that when she got up, I was like, "You're you're the sun, yeah, um, <laughs> I love you." <laughs> so that was nice. a fun moment. Okay. So that's that's all, that's that's my week. Cool. I posted a video. Uh, complaining oh. about about quantum woo and because you know as you do so I do this a lot right I do a lot of like I, I don't not hugely but a lot of my content that's non-science fiction based is trying to correct misinformation right so I'll, I'll have two styles with it I'll either post where I'll explain something in quantum mechanics in the hope that people will watch it and go like oh so that thing is wrong and then sometimes I'll directly call it out and just say this is incorrect about quantum woo and um but like one of my mutuals posted a video recently uh and he was calling out someone who she was saying she was an electrical engineer so therefore that gave her the authority to be able to speak and explain quantum mechanics and how it connects to spirituality and then he showed her like link page all the products that she's selling so like ask her question courses and all this kind of stuff and she's charging like so much money so i just did like a rant video because i was just like this is what infuriates me right we're out here actually teaching science for fucking free right and we get called sheep oh, you don't know the truth. Wait until someday you'll open your eyes and you'll understand it. You're being lied to. You're like, it's the institution, the government's who's paying you and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, nobody's fucking paying me, but you're paying all these fuckers to teach you bullshit science that's not real. Like, you're paying them. You're the sheep. You are the sheep paying those people who are grifters, who are selling you things that are not fucking real. You're listening to people who are not physicists, who know fuck all about quantum mechanics, and they're selling you products, and then you're coming along and saying, I'm the fucking sheep. Are you actually for real? I have no tolerance. I'm very angry. I get so 
I I am so the same as you. I understand. I, I I try not to be mean, but sometimes I'm really mean, especially when it comes to aliens. <laughs> I, I I just have no tolerance, and I won't even. I just I actually met a really nice. I met a really nice person, a man, whatever. And uh, at some point during the week, I was like, "Wait, just checking. Do you believe in aliens?" He's like, "Nah." I was like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> just need to check in with you because if that was, I don't know. You never know. The universe is big. I would have seen. Get out. Get out. I'm not doing this. I can't, you know, I just cannot, I will not, I have no tolerance, like, oh, no. I nope, uh, nope, uh, uh, nope, woo. the law of attraction, do you know, yeah. just today, my very good friend, we were hanging out in the sun in the park, and he starts talking about the law of attraction, I'm like, just checking nope. that you just mean, like, you know, that you're just talking about, you know, you, you have to project, often you project what you want, and you get the shit that you're projecting, right, fine, I get that, he's like, no, I really believe you give off energy, nope, no. Why not energy? I I believe I don't care what you believe. You know I'm a physicist. I didn't say that, but in yeah. my head I was like, "Don't make me say it." Don't, yeah, don't make me say it. Don't tell me <laughs> where energy Frida, comes from. But it's energy and vibrations and frequencies. <laughs> the natural no. frequencies of the crystals will match the natural frequencies of your body and fix them. I it's... love my gua sha crystal quartz massager. Yeah. As much as the next bitch. <laughs> but I know where I stand with it. Yes. He's, I've, got a, I've got a really good one, actually. I was out on Friday night and someone who I, I had sort of had one or two interactions with, nice person, you know, and they were like, wait, what do you do? I was like, I guess I'm a research scientist. He's like, what area? And I was like, I guess imaging is my area. And then he was like, it's so funny about images because people think they're this, but they're actually this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, look, I guess, yeah, sometimes it's this. Some You're creating a thing. I was like, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's it, sometimes it's sometimes it's this. He's like, but you know, you're, and I said, why don't you just tell me what it is that you think I do? You, why don't, I'll just stand here <laughs> and you tell me what it is. And then later he came over and apologized that he thought uh, if I, uh, I I had a mansplaining attack from him and I was like I wouldn't I, I wasn't going to characterize it that way. Now that you mentioned it, however, <laughs> I can tell you what imaging is if you fucking ask me. Given our conversation before that was I'm a research scientist, my specialty is imaging. Before you proceeded to tell me what it is, it's so funny. I'm getting so much better at dealing with it. Like I'm just yeah. getting so much better at being like. I, like, don't have any time for this. Yeah. I would rather eat a taco. Like, there's any <laughs> number of things and stand here and hear you talk about IV infusions. Yeah. Like, no. seriously. Um, anyways. <laughs> yeah, we should, we should get to this movie. <laughs> I love being angry and mean. It's amazing. <laughs> right, we are talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, so it's a little bit of a different type of science for us. Uh, so here's my summary. Do you want my summary? Go for it. Okay. Meet Brad and Janet, the epitome of vanilla, on their way to announce their engagement to their favorite high school science teacher. You know, the first thing we all do when there's a ring on it. Caught in a storm with a flat tire, they find Dr. Frankenfurter's castle, where a party is underway. Dress code, lingerie and sequins. 
Dr. Frank, as subtle as a glitter bomb, has a flair for drama and in the most epic of entrances, we find out he's an alien from transsexual Transylvania. Amidst catchy tunes, lab-grown muscle men and a splash of murder, Brad and Janet's inhibitions melt faster than ice cream in a heatwave and they embrace freedom of expression wherever that road takes them. Unfortunately, Riff Raff and Magenta, the cosmic siblings who don't have an unhealthy relationship at all, have had enough. Frankenfurter has gone too far and they're ready to go home. Two to beam up Scotty. Frank is sent to the great after party in the sky while Brad and Janet are left muddy, dazed and wondering if pre-marriage counselling will cover intergalactic party trauma. Brad, you should have gotten that spare tyre fixed. It's a really crazy uh, storyline for sure. I would say it's the the strength of the film isn't its narrative structure per se, <laughs> but you do a really good job of summarising the film. What? I'm trying you think to just it might get, be a bit remember, random? I'm trying to get the remember all the names because I, I just want to make sure I've got it all right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rocky Horror. I never saw this. It was my first time I've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh my God, show. sorry, seen, what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm aware of it in the culture in terms of the music, but I've never sat and seen it. Yeah, so I never saw it. Oh, my God. I've always sort of resisted it. Yeah, so <gasps> it was. Yeah, I never saw it. This is one of my I favorite because movies. I'm just not a musical theater person. It's, sort, it's yeah. not really something I, I always sort of enjoy musical theater more like from a distance. I like the songs and I appreciate aspects of it, but it's never something that. Oh. You know, like, and so, and so it was my first time seeing okay, the Rocky Horror so Picture Show. Considering it was your first time, are you confused and feeling a little bit weird about it? <laughs> Always. I've been feeling that way my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't confused about that. Like the, the, the aspects of the film that are what people love about it. Um, I was thoroughly unconfused about like, <laughs> All of that. Uh, I think that um, like the random like it's this song and now it's this song. It's, it's always I always for musical theater. I'm like, OK, it's another song. Yeah. Like, OK. Oh, oh, another song. OK. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So that was my first viewing of it with my friend. Unfortunately, he also doesn't like a musical. Theater. Oh, wrong so we people. Pretty, you together. need to pick your co-watchers carefully. It's my movie soup club. I, I just know, put it like... out into the ether and the people that want to come, come. And so I had one person from the Rocky Horror Picture Show and we were both like musicals. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> so, but I, um, yeah, no, I've never seen it. So thanks for giving me an excuse <laughs> to finally sit and watch it. Okay. Wowzers. <laughs> well, he's so sexy though. Jim oh my God. Later. I don't okay. want to jump ahead. Yeah. Let's, let's come back to that. I just, all right. Okay. So I, I just want to like, like I said, this is one of my favorite all time movies. Now it was what originally about written I was say, as, what about you? Uh, yeah. So it was originally written as a stage musical and debuted in 1973. So it's his 50th anniversary. Um, it is. Yeah. I'm oh, Siri, go away. Um, So it's a parody movie, in case that wasn't obvious. Um, A parody of sci-fi B-movies. And this is probably why I love it so much. Like in the whole, so in the opening song, science fiction double feature, red t-shirt. I'm really like obsessed with my t-shirt people. Come on, love my t-shirt. 
So yeah, so in the opening song, Science Fiction Double Feature, they reference Dr. X, Day of the Triffids, Night of the Demon, The Invisible Man, King Kong, He Came from Outer Space, Flash Gordon, The Day the Earth Stood Still, and of course the iconic Forbidden Planet. Now, aside from this, the whole movie, then we of course have Frankenstein. We've got references to Rocky, to Metropolis, to Dr. Strangelove, to Dracula, to The Wizard of Oz, and to RKO Radio Pictures, which is one of the um, original ones who made the sci-fi B-movies. That's the whole tower that he climbs at the end. So, like, uh, this is kind of why... That. I didn't know it was, like, a parody B- Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, that that, so that's the whole thing. So, like, that's why it seems yeah. really bad in a lot of it, but it is entirely... <laughs> it's a parody of B-movies. That's the whole point of everything. and Like, loose plots... Yeah, just all, but it's together. the lines, it's the it's the way things are delivered. Like, oh, 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 the way yeah, things are delivered, yeah, well, yeah, the totally. over at Janet's every the single moment of <sighs> like everything. <laughs> also, the very clear wink to the audience at the beginning yeah. of the straight couple being like, there's like the entire like setup with them being like, we are so straight. Pure. <laughs> And the whole, we're just like, not, you know, the, the, that whole thing was just a big constant yeah. wink at the audience about how straight they really are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Um, and then, yes. so like when it first came out as a movie, so like the stage production was 1973 um, and then the movie 1975. And um, it became an immediate cult hit, which I'm obsessed with. And it was because they did midnight screenings, right? And they did, so they started with midnight screenings, so much so that it is still shown today in movie theatres every week as midnight screenings, making it the longest running cinema release of all time. And I mean, come on, that record is obviously never going to be broken. What movie could come out that would possible? Like, just no. Yeah. So yeah. So I've seen it. I've seen it at a sing-along, which was uh, one of the best so fun <laughs> um i saw like some videos about that the fact that it started as the as a as a midnight when it started that and a news report that was like it's dying down probably like this fad's like over like the midnight screening thing it was like 30 years ago or whatever <laughs> <laughs> or whenever it was it was like no like 20 years ago they were like it's over <laughs> and that is so crazy that it just that 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 is something like that, yeah. Can can settle into the zeitgeist or to the culture so permanently, uh, is amazing. But then when you start hearing, I guess about why it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, why it endures. Well, yeah. So so we'll chat about that stuff in a minute. Uh, what I find interesting is so we were at a friend's wedding this summer and um, they did time warp as their wedding dance, which was like one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> That's uh, so charming. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's have a bit of a chat about the cast, okay? So Tim yeah. Curry, of course, plays Frankenfurter. Now he actually played Frankenfurter in the stage version when it first came out. So then he so he did the stage um, version in London and then jumped into the movie. And it's probably one of the reasons why he's so good in the movie because he was already so comfortable with that character and had developed that character to where it was. But I, I mean, like you said, he's, oh my, just, he's, he's so beautiful. Like he's just beautiful. He's beautiful. I'm so attracted to Frankenfurter. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Like, and I don't find that confusing. No. At all. No. He is, his close-ups, so his face is oh. also amazing. His makeup, his close-ups are unbelievable. Every word he says, he's, he's just absolutely loving it. He is loving every second of it. His entrance he is says one of my everything. favorite movie He's entrances just like, of this line. Huh? My, his entrance is one of my favorite movie entrances of all time. Now, I've got a bit to say about that song in a while, mm. but I okay. it is Sweet Transvestite is one of the best musical numbers. Everything, every way that he sings it, every oh, I just anticipation. Passion. Oh. But even that, even the way he rolls oh. out every word. How do you do I that? love him yeah. so much. Like if I if I watch it again, it is just to watch Tim Curry. Oh yeah. I think most people watch it for Tim Curry. <laughs> okay, just checking. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it is for it is Frank and Furter all one the, way. Of the close ups. His close-ups, his face, yeah. his but like he's that, that's what I mean. Even like at like, the end, so at the end when he's you. been in the pool and all the all like on all the water washes away, washes away all the makeup and just the structure of his face and every like at the he's just so gorgeous. Um. Anyway, so moving to Riff Raff, um, Richard O'Brien plays Riff Raff, and Richard O'Brien is the creator. So he's the guy who actually mm. wrote the musical, um, and mm. then obviously adapted for for TV and. How did I not like literally this is something I've just known. Um, the host of the Crystal Maze. How the fuck did I not know this? Like the whole I don't time. Know what that is. What's the you Crystal don't know Maze? what the Crystal Maze is? Oh no. my god. I can't. Australia's childhood. What? Not knowing the Crystal Maze. We had Mally Grabs, we had our own floating mouth. What's the Crystal Maze? Oh, it was a game Google. show where you would have to go through and you would have to do all these little challenges. So they would do team challenges and they'd go into Ooh. little rooms and it would all be Ooh, different like settings and they would do, um, then they would do the challenge. And at the end, you would have to try to get crystals and that gives you enough time. That determines how much time you get to be in the Crystal Maze at the end. And it's just this big crystal structure and they step inside it and then they blow in um, gold and silver foil and you just have as much you grab as much so it's all like blowing all around you and you grab it as much as you can and stuff it in the thing and that's how much money you win it's one of the best game shows that has ever been on tv the crystal maze and it was richard o'brien we had our own don't worry yeah and now richard aoa is, is i can see is the host we had we had a game show called uh uh amazing uh uh amazing and it was basically this the funnest maze ever. Like a kind of maze that was constructed that would be any kid's dream would be mm. to run through amazing. And the, the, you have to find all these keys. And I loved it so much that when we used to hang out at my house with my friend, we used to do amazing with each other. We used to hide shit. And then the uh, other person would have to go over obstacles. And, and, and then you'd be being uh, uh, amazing. Sounds like you just uh, ripped uh, off the crystal maze, but whatever. Probably. <laughs> Australia loves rip. We're on island, so nobody knows that it's a ripoff. So... All good. Um, okay, do you have yeah, anything to say about Riff Raff? Uh, he's my third favourite. I would ah, rank okay. them all. He, I just, first of all, he had actual character, like, evolution. It was funny because he's probably the yeah. only character that really evolves. <laughs> he has actually an arc. It's hilarious. <laughs> but I like him from the get because he's so, so, 
he also has like he's kind of sexy too and funny it's like very uncomfortable that's uncomfortable but his end outfit i'm sorry his end outfit with like the top knot and the and the open (laughs) tunic and the fishnets come on (laughs) i you know i just think he is his face is amazing and so even when he's even even when he opens the door and he's kind of weird he's kind of got that appeal anyway because his face is so great so he was my third favorite for sure okay what was that i'm looking at i'm trying to find a picture Sorry. of that final costume lolly yeah lo- yeah riffraff he's got a good great face mommy's trying to record please sweetie oh there is the top note i know yeah when he comes out he just looks like he's going to Berghind in berlin you know it's like that's what he looks like at the end at the end they just look like they're going out to clubbing hmm him especially yeah <laughs> love him um yeah so uh, the only other person i want to bring up is um janet damn it janet susan sarandon i'm obsessed with her i think she's gorgeous i love her i love her overacting she's drama cool. in every single scene um every little bit of damsel in distress that she does her whole touch uh-huh. touch, touch, touch touch me touch i wanna me. be dirty i love her i love her She's dead set gorgeous. Mm. She has. She's very sexy. Yeah, she's got a great body. I didn't ever regard Susan Sarandon as because she's always been older. Like by the mm. time I was in the nineties, so it was like to see her so young and sexy. Um, I was like, oh my god, I had no idea. She's really beautiful in her face, and she's just her the the camera on her face and loved it. Um, Loved it. So, so if you said that Riff Raff was your third favorite, who was your second favorite? Columbia. Oh yeah. Everything she did, she was so cool. She was so good at her musical theater stuff because I found oh, Magenta yeah. to annoy the hell out of me. But Colum- Columbia was just like ah ah. Oh, she's yeah. like she she's was, everyone's she number was... one Halloween costume. Basically, when you when you oh, go really? to the dress up shows, everyone like most people will be dressed as Columbia, because it's all the sparkle and the glitter and the colors, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's a great costume, and I found yeah she was she knocked it out. Yeah, her moves and her everything, her drama. She was so she was so good. So I just enjoyed everything she did for sure. Yeah. So she was my second favorite. Yeah. Um. Anyone else in the cast that you want to pick out? I love Meatloaf. <laughs> that was a good song. It was just such it a ran- it's such a random moment though, like busting through, and then the way it ends, and you're just like, "What the fuck just happened? What <laughs> did he just murder?" I love. I actually really appreciated that he murdered. Oh yeah, the, it was the, it was graphic. It was dark. He was murdered. <laughs> it was. It was so, so dark. random. Just a random like bloody murder was kind of really funny to me but he comes busting out of there but it's an excellent song mm. it's a really good song so the randomness of you know musical theater adaptations are forgiven when the song is a banger yeah <laughs> and that was a banger and he really is really great although you know not the most attractive person in the cast but it is, it's meatloaf. Yeah. He's called yeah. meatloaf. It was <laughs> random, but it was a really good song. Yeah. I agree. 
Um, right. That's so I, speaking of random, I just have a list of random stuff to say. No. Uh, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> do you have anything in that kind of category before we do tropes? Do you have anything that you could put into this? Yeah. Okay. Well, the the first thing I just have is just the the entire opening bit with the wedding scene, right? But it's the church set up with the American Gothic painting scene mm-hmm. of um, mm-hmm. Riff Raff and Magenta and then like mm-hmm. Frankenfurter being the priest. It's just... It, it it's so the whole thing to me is just twilight zone like everything that's going on it's the whole movie is a bit twilight zone twin peaksy in vibe for me anyway but like yeah it, it's it's hitting on something i can't quite express that like it's very camp but mm-hmm. playing it's like a it's like a it's sort of a camp way of like playing traditional people I guess I guess it t- it taps into like ballroom culture, where like the ballroom culture in New York would have categories where they would dress up as normal people. Yeah. So it'd be like okay, it'd be like best dress, but there'd also be categories as like best Wall Street business person. Yeah. And you'd have like queer men try to pass as Wall Street bankers, and there's something essentially very queer about dressing up as sort of regular traditional things and very fun as well mm-hmm. so they're being american gothic or they're being the priest they're just like i'm the priest yeah it's tapping into something that is i think very appealing uh from the get from the minute yeah. the movie starts it was pretty funny um i want that <laughs> did you see the text on the wedding card the message written on the wedding car as it was driving what? away. <laughs> Wait till tonight. She got hers. Now he'll get his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, I love that. Yeah, just pointing. Yeah, like that whole scene was all the fingers pointing to this sort of silliness of the whole yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, you've caught the bouquet. Oh, Brad. But mm-hmm. but it's it's oh, all it's yes. all the overreaction of every like that's the thing, the yeah. overacting of everything. Like Camp. even Yeah, yeah. It's, I've got like there's Brad's lines sometimes just set me over the edge. Like the whole sequence of them driving in the car and breaking it, like he's like, Life's pretty cheap for that type. <laughs> I know, just yeah. Like just the intention, guy. like it, he sa- he manages to say it in a way to really convey the intention of like um just that over overacting thing of like I'm gonna drill home this point. Damn it! I knew I should have gotten that spare tire fixed. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Ooh, what could happen next? <laughs> the, 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 Tim Curry said, "What a perfect specimen of manhood you are, so dominant." To Brad, like that was yeah. hilarious. I have actually a few little, really random things. Um, one of them was the dead end sign with the Diamantes. Dead end. <laughs> dead end. Amazing. Dead end. Dead end. Yeah. It, yeah. it just made me love queer culture so much. Oh, do you know, what, do, my, my favorite thing is when, when they go up to the lab and Frankenfurter is wearing like the, the housewife dress and the pink marigolds. 
Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got, yeah, what else have you got? Random stuff. I've got a few things um, here, actually. This is my favourite thing that I never picked out before. There's the moment where, um, I can't remember the exact moment, and I can't, I can't remember if it's the doctor um, in the wheelchair or not who shouts it or if they shout it at him, but it's this, they shout, Great Scott! And I'm like, Back to the Future. Oh, really? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 oh. I love when that oh, oh. <laughs> totally. Great well, Scott. well, we learned we learned in um, we were kind of in uh, the eighth dimension. You know the fact that, like, it yeah. came before. Yeah, it's funny how, how much uh, like how much it's referencing back to things before yeah. and you just don't even notice. I know. Um. I love when they come into the castle and everyone wipes, like people like wipe their hair. Yeah. <laughs> the other, I don't, I don't know who did, but I, remember, I just remember like them coming in with wet hair and like people just wiping their hair. Um, so speaking weird. of, there's the whole, um, there's the whole song when he's mad at Janet and it's, it's just got the most exceptional line in it. So at some point he says, you're as sensual as a pencil. Um... <laughs> I just love it. Speaking of lines, I did love. I know it's a whole name of a song, but I didn't know it was a name of a song. But he, when he was like Planet Schmanet Janet, I loved that. But that I know that that's like a famous song and stuff. But I didn't know about it. But I just love that as well. Planet Schmanet Janet, that's funny. Oh, the only other thing I have to say here is like I just wanted to bring up. I'm not going to talk about it in terms of science at all. But the sonic transducer, because it's just like the whole idea of the sonic transducer. But the line that they used to describe is the audio vibratory physiomolecular transport device. <laughs> I just love oh, that in the about... randomness of everything, we got the audio vibratory physiomolecular uh, transport device. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> mm, science. Yeah, when they were turning up the dial three more points. <laughs> yeah. All that dial, that entire setup, everything like the 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 getting stuck to the floor, the like every little thing that goes, yeah, choo, turning everyone into Medusa <laughs> statue. Like it was just, it was great. It was great. I know. Um, I okay, it. have you got anything else before we go into tropes? Brad, Doctor Scott, Janet, Rocky, <laughs> Brad. Brad. Dr. Janet. Scott. Dr. Scott. Janet. <laughs> Brad. <laughs> Dr. Scott. <laughs> Rocky. It was really great. What else have I got? Um, the swinging. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, then let's do tropes then. So our... Um, yeah. So we are into trope of the week. Frida, what is your trope? I have two. One is a revisit and other one is we haven't had this yet. I don't believe I've had this trope yet, but okay. it's a good trope. I've got three. My revisit is lotions and potions. Thank you very Obviously. much. It was very lotions and potions-y. Oh, and I have mad scientist. So classic Perfect. combo. But my, my new trope is born sexy yesterday. Uh, we have had this. We've had this. Oh, We've we had this a number of times. Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. damn. But this was 
a revisit then of our born of the, the it's not ours it's the yeah. born sexy yesterday with Rocky. It's like it's the perfect situation. It's all that anybody wants. Yeah, an adult, a beautiful adult with the mind of a child. <laughs> it's all we want. So upset. None of the shit. <laughs> I have a sex corrupts. You know. I guess it does. Yeah, and, uh, and <laughs> I, I have um, the uh, Igor takes control. Oh yeah, totally. we're sick of you. I'm going home. Ha ha ha! Not you. Who said that thing about <laughs> you coming with us? Your lifestyle's too extreme. <laughs> so that speaking was... of lifestyles being yes. too extreme, let's get into the the meat of it. So this is okay. a this will be my first. So we've we've done this quite rarely, but this will be my first foray into I guess what we can term social science. Social science. We're not ding, talking ding. physics today, people. But we are talking about a topic that I think is really important and something that I find very interesting and. Um, not not in terms of well not interesting because I'm like oh it's curious, uh, just an interesting thing to discuss because I think we need to talk about these types of things more openly, more often in supportive ways. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation because I do think it throws up a lot of interesting topics to discuss. Um, in terms of the themes of the movie, but a few points before we get into it that I just want to make is that number one, and I'm sure Frida you'll agree with me on this. Um, I identify as a woman and I'm straight. So the themes that this movie portrays have not directly affected me. And so anything I say is with the understanding that I am not speaking for the LGBT plus community. I'm only speaking from my own perspective on how I see society and how I want us to see society. I consider myself an ally, but I'm aware that I may not have the knowledge to speak on certain topics in detail. And so I'm not trying to portray myself as any form of authority in this topic. Um, secondly, uh, gender and sex are not the same thing. Gender is how you feel you want to be viewed and represent yourself in society. Sex is somewhat binary, um, but that's also up for debate. Uh, whereas gender absolutely is a spectrum and our binary description of it being man and woman is a societal construct that attempts to control people's personality traits and personal style in society. That's my perspective. Um, whether you agree with me or not is I'm not speaking for you, Frida, sorry, but uh, if you want to comment on it in a minute, you can. Um, and then lastly, I just want to say that I recognize that transvestite is no longer an acceptable term. Um, it has developed derogatory connotations. And so the more correct term today to describe what Frankenfurter's style is in that respect would be a crossdresser. Um, but I maintain saying transvestite just in the context of the song, Sweet Transvestite, because, you know, that, that mm. is the song. And I do think it is still one of the greatest musical numbers ever. But uh, I, I'm not dismissing the negative connotations to the word that exists nowadays anyway do you have anything you would like to say in terms of that stuff before i move into <clears throat> i think yeah i agree i just read him as as being queer yeah and hedonistic and not being trans i just think yeah it's just a uh, it's semantics and yeah. language evolves and uh he was very clear or frank Conferta, 
I read this as a queer person, mm -hmm. a fabulous queer person. Um, and yeah, when you just sort of, I didn't find that I understand languages just change and I, didn't, I wasn't offended by the use of the word because I, because I understand that that's just changed, but I didn't have trouble reading what the character was representing. So I do agree with that. Okay, so I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to describe just, just some things in terms of the movie and uh, its position in society or how it's viewed. Um, and then we can get to the end of it. And then what I've done at the end of my little spiel, I've picked out four topics for us from that then that I think we should have a discussion about once we actually... Uh, so yeah, so let me just... so. Um, in terms of this movie in general, Frankenfurter's character directly challenges conventional gender norms, which was intended to open discussions about the spectrum of gender and the fluidity of sexual identity. There have been many, 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 many essays written about the intentions of this movie and what it teaches. The film style, um, audience participation, influence on culture and so on. While it has massive cultural significance, it is absolutely a case of art transcending the artist. So while I agree that there is a lot that can be read into and analyzed about the movie, it feels more honest to look at what the creator's intentions were and their influences to try to understand it in the context of the time period that it was made. Because what's really interesting is that Richard O'Brien has always maintained, and this is a quote, that it's just a silly piece of nonsense. Considering fans and critics put it ahead of its time on topics like sexuality, sex positivity, gender identity, sexism, toxic masculinity, it might be upsetting to hear him say things like, quote, I've watched dispassionately for many, many years. This show go on and on and on. It's entertainment, little more than that. <laughs> now, though, in a more recent interview, as in this year, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the stage show, um, he's had a bit of a change of perspective. But what I think is interesting is to look at the time period that he made this in and what he was personally experiencing in life as a reflection of why this movie has a message that maybe he didn't even see himself at the time he made it. Or topics that he may not have wanted to confront. Like, who knows? I'm not putting words into the man's mouth or anything. But there's this great piece by Laura Kelly in Big Issue from this year that I will link in the show notes. So anyway, uh, here's some perspective of the time period. In 1972, one year before the stage version, the UK's first ever Pride rally marched in London. In 1973, when the stage production was first performed in London, homosexual intercourse had only been legalised in 1967. So at that point um, in 19... So sexual intercourse has, had only been legalised for six years. It was still illegal in Scotland. Homosexuality at that time period was still listed as a psychiatric disorder. There was no LGBTQ plus representation in media. Uh, women were not allowed to open a bank account in their own name or to get a mortgage on their own. So this is the context of the state of society at the time period that he made the stage version. So back to Rocky Horror. Now to quote from the article, 
Brad and Janet, the naive young couple who stumble into Frankenfurter's lair, start out as icons of heteronormativity before both discover that there's more to existence than life as a dutiful 50s-style husband or wife. I want to be dirty, sings Janet. Thrill me, chill me, fulfill me, creature of the night. Meanwhile, her previously straight-laced hubby-to-be parades around in pants and a loosely laced corset. That's even, uh, there's even a queer wedding. So yes, much of what is shown in the Rocky Horror Show was way beyond the social norms of the time, if not downright illegal. Now, in terms of O'Brien himself, he's referred to himself as a third sex. He says that he's maybe about 70% male, 30% female, but he doesn't really go in for labels. Now, historically, he's worn makeup, jewellery, heels and women's clothes. What I guess would be described as cross-dressing in a world where we control who is allowed to wear what. So Richard O'Brien in the article this year, looking back on the context and the way conservatism and religious indoctrination is trying to control society nowadays, he now feels that Rocky is a place for the marginalised. I see it now as a rainbow event. So while he wrote the show as a parody of sci-fi B-movies with the intent for it to be weird and fun, the circumstances of the world around him and how he appears to feel about sexuality and gender obviously infused the story and given the oppression of the time, the complete outrageousness of it seemed to resonate with people in a way that made it this cultural phenomenon and superseded his intentions as the creator. That is my spiel about Rocky Horror. It's interesting because it touches on an idea of like who owns you know the movie in terms mm. of what it what it means once something is out into the public a piece of art you know who owns that, yeah what the ownership is and i think at this point rocky horror has become something which was taken by its fans and turned into something for them and so what it means is no longer just in the hands of the creator and yeah. it's very interesting to me that sometimes for somebody who exists in that space, which he did, it doesn't seem like a big deal because maybe they've, they're just in a different place. What's the big deal? It's just a bit of fun. Probably yeah. reflects more his progressive thinking, their progressive thinking. Um, you know, in that they were like, what's the big deal? And that's kind of beautiful. When you're I, when you're not doing it with the intention to like send a message, you're just expressing something. Yeah. But that means so much to so many people who feel weird and marginalized. Exactly. So, so much. Yeah. But that's a good one to just lead us straight into the first discussion yeah. topic, which is gender and sexuality. Because what's interesting about Richard O'Brien is that he is straight. He's married to his wife and has children. He's been married to his wife for many, 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 many years. But he obviously exists in queer culture and his identity and who like how he identifies whether whether his sexuality connects with the gender that he wants to portray or whether he feels he has feels like he wants to be defined by a gender like all those things um seems like it's what kind of led him to to making the production as he said like something silly and funny but i guess if he Mm. exists within those spaces and around people that he feels like where you can look at the context of the movie and the and the way it approaches gender and sexuality as something that was a space that he existed in. I think it's entirely possible, even in those time periods, to not be fully aware of what the space is like for other people. 
to yeah. not really be aware Definitely. as to how much people would connect with what he was putting out there for people who aren't allowed to express themselves mm. um, in that way or weren't allowed to at that time. So how do you, how, do you have any thoughts or comments in terms of just discussing how the movie portrays gender and sexuality? Can I just go more general and say how it portrays people that are self-defining weirdos? Yeah. Like I love the, that's why I love the word queer because it just, it captures something more general, I suppose, that some, some people don't necessarily have the label gay or bisexual or trans, but queer is something that feels right. Mm. But I think that the, the film is populated with weirdos on many levels, not just by gender expression and sexuality. And I think that that's something really important too, in terms of feeling weird and feeling wrong. Um, and how feeling weird and feeling wrong gets externalized. You know, when you are on the inside weird, how you externalize that with different hair, color, or all yeah. sorts of other expression on your on your outer person and how hard it is to find comfortable spaces. So, but... Um, my comments on how it portrays gender and sexuality. I just love that this is a celebration. It's not so much an investigation or like, it's just a celebration on the beauty of queerness. And I just, there's so much hate in the world, but sometimes when you're in queer spaces or have access to queer spaces, Honestly, like queer people are so beautiful and gender non-conforming people are so beautiful and androgynous people are so beautiful. Gender ambiguous people are so beautiful. Like these people are beautiful and have so much to contribute. And sometimes it's just like celebrate and stop thinking about it so much. Yeah. And I think that's a part of what this movie does is it doesn't try to um, take it apart and analyze it. It just is like here it is and the fact that there's a wedding and the fact that he's trying to like make the perfect man because his man's so, you know, such a beautiful man and and then he and like it just it doesn't um deconstruct it at all it actually just spills out into the movie in the way that should more but because things become so conservative and it's so fraught these days um you know representation is so much more like deconstructed and analyzed and not just put there just for people to celebrate. So I loved that it just was yeah. a celebration of what is really beautiful about being queer. Yeah. And and who wants to be like, it's like, I love the Jan and Brennan. I'm like, who really wants this? Why are we holding this up as like an example of everything good in the world and all these other things are so terrible. I love that about face, mocking that. Mm. And then it's just, it was really fun and loving. It was nice. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I do find it so confusing sometimes just in society today where I'm just like, why we're so caught up in this. I always used to find it really, really interesting when we were like, um, even like just 10, 10 or so years ago, 20 years ago, um, the obsession with needing to know the sexuality of pop stars or film stars. Do you know, so like this, it's so weird. Yeah. It's like, why? Because what? Because you need to know if they're straight or gay, so you know if you have a chance with them or some fucking shit like that. Like, Tell I us understand the, truth. the LGBTQ yeah, plus community needing, like, wanting to know if somebody is gay, um, in terms of them being representation. You know, but I also understand how, like, it's just 
it's not anyone's business. Like it doesn't no fucking business. matter. Why do you, you need to know? Wh- why is yeah. why is this? And why why do you look at people who have a certain style or a certain you know? Like you said, it's like I there was this amazing thing, right? When I so when I first started um on when I first joined TikTok, uh there. I, and I'm sure that this is like many people's experiences. But when I first joined TikTok, I ended up on a lot of um, lesbian TikTok or les talk as it's referred to. And it's so funny the amount of like straight women who are commenting, going, kind of going like, I'm on les talk and I'm here for it. Because it's it was this there was this like a uh, period of time where there was a lot of viral videos. And it was basically lesbian women who present a bit more mask, but dressing and in, in like you know suits and stuff and the hairstyle and it's like it, you're so hot like you are so fucking yeah. hot like i am not into women but you are so fucking hot and the whole point for me is that like it shouldn't fucking matter like it should no, not i agree like you shouldn't feel like oh you're questioning your sexuality you're questioning your whatever if you if you see something and you see it being attractive because you should always just be attracted to whatever you're fucking attracted to. I mean, it within reason. Matter. Within reason. With there's an age yeah, limit. Yeah, yeah. There's a fucking age limit. Sure. Uh, well, <laughs> sorry. Know, we just want to fucking clarify <laughs> for those well, fucking we'll men out there. Just want to clarify. <laughs> you can be attracted to something and acknowledge the beauty in something and the sexiness in something without feeling like entitled, therefore, to be gratified by them. So again, yeah. we separate the two. Like, yeah, it's not. I. I think I think yeah, we've like been the- we've been trained by the Brad and Janets of the world to think of sex as being something um as as being dirty like Janet's song I want to be dirty and it's like we're trained to think that it's something so attraction leads to sex and that and then if you like if no, you're attracted to something that's and that's the thing I feel like I can very comfortably look at women and uh, and queer people and be like, I'm a, I find that attractive without it meaning I want to have sex with it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's just, yeah. it's such a weird thing where like we, we're not able to look at things and appreciate things um, without feeling like in our minds that, that that means that I must now question Mm. what my sexuality it's just, is yeah, and, it's just, and that it's just such a weird way we view the world i don't know i just want us all to dam- like evolve it's very damaging it's like what's that damaging to put stigma on things because it puts these barriers in your mind that you can't accept something as something because yeah. of the of the stigma um i just stigma that's the word thank you stigma i just just i just don't care yeah it doesn't how somebody is and and wants to express themselves i and i remember when i i was raised very conservative so i didn't always think that way but over time i've rewired my brain and um i am very comfortable like if i'm com- if i'm in a relationship with somebody who is that doesn't bother me like dating queer people as well mm. like in any level I'm not I, I completely celebrate people exploring parts of themselves even if just for fun mm. great like I'd also it doesn't have to be I was born that way sometimes yeah sometimes you want to beautiful yeah. 
you know, like I just, I just think I, I, it's not whatever you want, whatever you want. And I just wish I love, I love, I love the arc of this film Him yeah. and with Frank Furter being like, it's not easy having a good time. <laughs> Well, it's so, true. It's not always easy having a good time. This is true, and we'll come back to so we'll come back to Frankfurter in a minute, right? But I want to I want to jump next. I want to actually take um take a step into this concept that's um ethnocentrism. I can't say the word. Yeah, what ethnocentrism? Is that? Okay, so this one I find this one really interesting, but it links to a lot of what we've already just said. Basically, it's looking at it from Brad and Janet's eyes. So ethnocentrism is looking at the world through Bad and Janet's eyes so that their own culture and behaviors are viewed as normal. And so the people ah. in the castle are other or strange. And mm. what the movie does is it flips the ethnocentrism. So what happens is everyone in the castle is normal and Brad and Janet are strange. And it's it's that whole thing where, but because we're the Brad and Janets of the world watching it, there's a slight discomfort in some of the things that you see because we're trained in our uh, brain wiring growing up to view that as strange. And I think that's why people tend to have an issue with queer culture uh, because they don't know how to connect to it and they see it as other and strange And that they're normal instead of recognizing that, okay, but there are places where you're weird. There are places where you're the one who is outside of it. So viewing the world consistently from your perspective of normality just makes you very close-minded and makes you very incapable of... And it's the same in general with like visiting other countries and other cultures and then having something to say on how their culture uh how they you know live in their culture how they how they you know things that they do and feeling that like well you're wrong i'm right i should you should do it my way because i'm normal and you're wrong and you're weird but i don't understand is this similar to the conversation we just had why we feel that way why we need everyone to conform into our normality and why we're so uncomfortable with things being a bit strange. Well, that would be because if you are put in a different perspective, it forces you to inspect your own choices. Now, if you're raised in a conservative bubble and you accept things as right and correct and you take them on without really questioning, without thinking about it, I'm right. But as soon as you put any, uh, in, you in, in, are introspective or you turn the microscope back on those conservative values and start to question whether or not they are normal and right and true then it basically take it falls everything sort of falls apart because the, the gay marriage debate just to take one thing only is a debate because we've defined this as normal and then once you start inspecting it and going well maybe why is it so normal or why is this so correct then it, it sort of everything kind of starts to fall apart But I think that people like Janet and Brad never are introspective about those things because maybe they're not really even choices. They're not even things they actually actively chose. They just do it because it's an assumption. Yeah. But they're forced to be introspective about themselves, which 
you'd never have to do if you if you never if you grow up in that kind of bubble and take on those values without question you're never introspective whereas people that have to fight against that in order to find their self-identity spend quite a lot of time being introspective wondering about themselves who am i was i born this way how did i get here what do i want what's important to me what's the point of life you know what is love like you think about these things because you're forced to and so I think, I think there's a resistance to being forced to actually consider yourself in a different way or even to consider yourself at all. That's so interesting. I think that's deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. So, so that's interesting because the next topic is identity. And basically the, the way I was looking at it is it's how your personal identity can be a struggle, right? Because the external pressures of society might be at odds with what you internally desire. And how do you reconcile that? And that's what I think people who struggle with identity have a lot of issues with because they're maybe being introspective and being like, well, I know what I want, but society tells me that I can't have that. So I don't, you know, um, how do I how do I behave how do I respond and some people are able to just break free of those walls some people live in societies and cultures where they cannot do that because of what would happen to them um some people are more freely able to do that now like in in uh in places like the UK and Ireland and Australia uh, than they were able to before and some places had some of those freedoms and now they're taking them away like in the US and actually in in the UK as well like there's this whole thing going on at the moment it'll be a few weeks past the news cycle by the time this episode comes out but there's a whole thing going on where um the Tories basically said that there was all these complaints about trans women um being on women's wards in uh in the <sighs> NHS and an investigation has shown that there's not been a single complaint they're just using it as a deflection tactic so they're inciting hatred and causing you know, people to be in a in a situation where it could be very dangerous for them and their treatment, uh, they could be treated in ways, I mean, we already know trans people are treated terribly in society anyway, but it's increasing that, that fear that they would feel and a safe place where they should be able to go and making it seem like you can't go there for no reason other than like political power. So a lot of these things, a lot of these things about these constructs of identity or these ways within society that we want to say you have to be this this and this are actually governed by politics by people who just want control yeah i guess muddy when when you start to resist then it starts to really like if no one resisted Mm. ever you know gender expression then we wouldn't be here but the very act of resisting that then starts to change as well the means that people will express themselves in protest or whatever and so it starts to affect things whereas if you just let people be but if you force people to have to fight well then you're in a fight is Mm. the thing so it just becomes about like when there's a, well, who knows why there's a, such a political resistance? I guess because people infiltrate politics with certain agendas. It's yeah. like they become, it's all pretty uh, gross. Politics are always about, when it comes to politics, I honestly think if anyone wants to understand politics, the only show you ever need to watch is Veep. 
Julia Louis Dreyfus oh, Veep. Just watch that show, and it break it essentially breaks down for you exactly what the thinking behind these messages are. No, no decisions are made because of the greater good for the public. They're made because of who's in my um, who's in my voting, like who's in my uh, constituency. What are their thought processes? And now I'll make my policies based on them. And who has most money to be able to fund my programs? So whatever they want, I'll do. Society is governed by the decisions of the wealthy and of the people who have power. It's not governed by what the right thing to do is. And, no, and also people go crazy. Like people go crazy on certain issues, and they're just yeah. so relentless. And it, but it's, it's also... wild. It's so un. It's so unnecessary, because like this whole thing around like bringing matter. this concept of like sexuality, identity, gender into politics or into the way that we govern around us, creating rights and wrongs, makes absolutely no sense. As you said, if if nobody was resistant, there wouldn't be an issue. So all I, it does for, it brings to me that. is this like thing where when you when you want to express yourself, what I what I will forever and never understand in my life is when somebody wants to express themselves, why somebody else feels like they need to stop it. If you are a man and you want to walk down the street wearing a skirt, why does anybody else feel like they that's something that that can't happen like what what is it about you in your life that makes you feel like you have to go no stop not for you like because of the patriarchy because we live in a structure which is weak and fragile and very and, and and the act of somebody expressing themselves just the mere act of someone being like i'm saying no to that it, it puts inspection on the structures itself, which starts to crumble very quickly because of how it's been constructed. And that is something which people cannot endure because we've been so, sold so far down the river. As a, like an immediate example, I always think about generational changes, right? Mm. Like my parents who were like, well, we got to get married young and have as many children as possible. It's the right thing to do. And then come along your children and are like, no. And then it makes them be like, shit. You know, it's not, someone isn't going to be like, what have I done? Did I really need to have that many children? Could I have had a different life? I mean, that's incredibly difficult thing to do. So instead you should try to squash the expression because it's easier than maybe acknowledging that what's at fault is not a single person expressing themselves, but an entire sh- structure that's been built, which means personal expression is not allowed. Well, you can't have a structure like that because humans will express themselves. You cannot stop self-expression. And so it just starts to crumble. It's- and that's why people don't want it. But it's interesting in in that context because I I do, I find like, I can see your point and I can see where you're coming from with it. But to me, that's, that's an intelligent thought through response. For most people, they just have a physical visceral reaction. They see someone doing something that they think wrong and they have this aggression reaction where I must stop you. 
And I just, I'm you can't genuinely do that. curious. You can't do that. Yeah, I'm genuinely curious with those people where it's like, if you just stop for one second, take a breath and think, can you give me a logical, reasonable argument as to why you are so upset? Why you feel anger? Why you feel aggression? Why you feel the need to stop it? Why you feel the need to change it? Because what exactly about that person walking down the street wearing a skirt makes you like what does that do to your day to your life how has that changed and affected your life on a day-to-day basis what has changed for you because the answer is absolutely fucking nothing not a single fucking thing changes for you it doesn't change who you are it doesn't change your sexuality it doesn't change your fucking identity unless it means that it's bringing up things that you feel like you're repressing or or toxic masculinity and all of that Mm. but like it's just it's it's a visceral it's that's disgusting it's not as i said yeah. people like brad and janet if you live in those in that system and take on those values you've never inspected them once in your life which is a huge privilege I, yeah i think i and just so can never understand it can't. i just don't think that i will ever be able to actually understand what people's problems are it's not worth your energy to understand is the thing i mean you could but honestly you have better things to do in your life the kind of last thing that the movie touches on and well it's it's kind of the bring, coming to the end of the movie what it touches on but without it actually without without I believe Richard O'Brien's intention being it uh, is the demise of Frankenfurter because the whole way through we've got the person who is you know controverting gender um, social norms um, but he's being depicted by the end as like deviance or head as you said hedonistic now his song i'm going home is kind of a moment that's like quite heartbreaking and it is actually a beautiful raw moment with him but the most telling part of frankenfurter's demise for me is dr scott's line because there's that very pointed line when um riffraff is going to take out frankenfurter and dr scott says society must be protected uh, so the general idea seems to be that having freedom of sexual expression will lead to hedonism, murder and a threat to society, which is everything we've just been talking about. And so at the end, they're like, we must stop Frankenfurter because he is a threat to society by being able to be so free. He is, though. Yeah. If society in the way that it's constructed, he is a threat to society. It's the thing. But we need that threat to society. We want that threat. I agree. We want to break down. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to remove the patriarchy. We want to remove toxic masculinity. We also want to remove toxic feminism um, or like toxic femininity. Um, Like we can all coexist in a society that allows us all to just be free, express ourselves as we wish without it needing to be a danger or a fear or um, a threat to anyone else. Because how you choose to live your life and express yourself shouldn't have an effect on anyone else around you other than the people who are living living that life with you. And so long as you're kind and respectful to those people and their boundaries, it, it doesn't fucking matter. No, and on, honestly, like, in my personal experience, having lived several different sorts of lifestyles and, you know, the, the, the shit that I get up to 
which would deem, you know, a lot of conservative people would deem damaging. And my line is always like, or even if like as a woman, like putting yourself in like dangerous situations and aren't you worried and kind of thing. I'm always like, I've never felt more in danger than when I was like married. Mm. When I was like a straight conservative married woman has never been, was the most dangerous situation that I've ever been in and harmful. And like, I would much rather take on the personal risk that is apparently associated with, you know, free expression and, um, what else can I say? I don't know. Self-expression, radical self-expression and enjoying yourself and exploration of yourself a thousand times more than I would take on the deep spiritual harm that in reality actually comes from these upright conservative values. And so that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. I agree. It's where, where is the harm? The harm is really in institutions which suppress, which are so afraid of personal expression and repress speech and repress people talking about the truth of their experiences in order to um, maintain um, the illusion of a, a good, upstanding society. Look, That's where the harm yeah. is really done. If your if your vision of society means that you have to live in a constant state of needing to control other people's behaviors or needing other people to conform to things so that you are always fearmongering that's not like why do you want to live a, a life like that why why do you a lot of work. I started that thinking I had words to <laughs> use to express it, but I, it turns out I don't. Mm. I just think it's just crazy. This this whole um, just everything that's going on in the world right now in terms of um, trying to suppress and hold back LGBTQ plus people, the entire community, it, you know, trying to like not not like the whole drag brunches uproar thing. I would fucking love to go to brunch with a drag queen. I would absolutely love. I would love to have drag queens read books to my children. I like the the absolutely. idea that you think that these things are scary. Um, and and I, so I I'm violent. sure none of the people that think these things are scary are going to be listening to this podcast. But <laughs> I wish they would. I wish people would stop being so consumed by what they think is their righteousness and just recognize mm. that we could have a nice, kind and loving society as their scriptures fucking proclaim to want if they just stopped trying to control everyone around them. And just fucking be happy, man. Chill the fuck out, be Appreciate happy. Appreciate the beauty. Appreciate the beauty of queerness and strangeness. Yeah. Really. Beautiful, beautiful people. Beautiful people. I think it's so beautiful when someone is not quite a man and not quite a woman and something in between. And I just think you're beautiful. And it's just, it's just violence. Mm. And 
it it's needless and yeah as much as he did have a demise at the end I still felt like and I felt sad for Franken yeah um he doesn't have a home that's the whole thing at the end but his whole like oh but he never really took it on too heavily like he was like oh it's so hard having fun sometimes (laughs) and I just was like it is all you want to do is have fun it is hard sometimes having fun but I love that he was just like I just want to have fun it's so hard having this much fun (laughs) having the amount of fun I want to have why is it so hard and I was like yeah there's no deeper mission for him he just wants to have And I just love the way he's just like, oh, I just want to have fun. I loved that at the end because, again, like, that's okay. And it sometimes bothers me that it's like the only way you can really speak, some people believe they can speak to the conservatives is to talk like as if all gay people are like every person that has that kind of expression. It's because they have to or there's no language about what they want if you want to because you want to. Is that so bad if you want to? It's like you have to be like, I'm gay and I hate myself and I wish I wasn't, but I just am. Why should you hate yourself? Why should you wish you wasn't? (laughs) Why should you wish you wasn't gay? Why can't you be love yourself as a queer person, love yourself as a gender non-conforming person? Why can't you love yourself? Why should you have to hate yourself but say, well, but I'm born this way? Love yourself, beautiful people. And I just think that we all need to love ourselves. And when someone is that angry, I just think, do you love yourself? Yeah, they don't. don't That's the problem. They don't. You don't love yourself. Yeah, no. And when you have that. You should be on a self-acceptance. You should be on a path to self-acceptance and not worry about anybody else. And once you accept yourself, you'll realize no one's a threat to you. Yeah. That's that's the thing. That's the thing that I find so incredibly um, baffling is the as you said the the level i said it earlier the level of anger and aggression that people have the the way that you respond and that's the only thing that i can think of is if you have to respond with that much animosity if you feel that much anger inside you if it makes you feel like you have to say something like you have to rage and roar about it then something's something's not not right with you Something's not right internally. Something's not right in the system that you're a part of. It's not what the other person is doing. Because the other person, as I said, somebody just somebody just being gay, somebody being trans, somebody just wearing a freaking skirt or dressing a bit more masculine than you think is acceptable. Um, none of that has any influence on your life. None of that does anything to change what has happened in your day to day and what will happen in your day tomorrow. So you need to look, you need introspection. You need to look at yourself, Mm -hmm. look at what the world is around you and try to find a way to show love and kindness and support. Um, And as I said, that's pretty much, I believe, what the conservative scriptures are saying, right? General, general message. Love thy neighbor, kindness. That's mm. one bit. Anyway, all right. So that's it. Well, that's it. That's it for um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Science fiction, double feature Beautiful. show. What the? What the? What the fuck? Do you have what the fuck?
My what the fuck is the like descent into orgy? I mean, obviously <laughs> it was subtextual. It wasn't there, but he turns them all into statues, brings them on the stage, and you're like, hmm. And then, because because it's funny, I'm like, what is all of this about? And then I was like, this is what this is all about. No, it all is, right. it is okay. weird. He the whole, like, end production on the stage. What? The stage, because you're just like, okay, all right. And then they're all there, and then they're in the pool. And then I'm like, all he wants, all he wants is to get a bunch of people together and just be in an orgy like and i'm like it's it's, it's all he wants it's what he's been trying to do his efforts it's all he wants he just wants to be in the pool with the people that he made rocky and he got these people and all the effort and all everything he's done in his life just for this and he's like it's so hard to have fun around him (laughs) and that and i think for me i was like is that what this is about is that what this is about so that was sort of my what the fuck okay i have four how about you? Um, number one, okay, killing go. Eddie. I mean, we talked about it, but just the random murder. Just the random absolute oh, yeah, totally. insane. And, and it was just so, it was, it was just like, oh, this is, this is dark. Uh, number two uh, was killing Frank. Because I just, you know, it's like, no matter how many times I watch it, just like Frank and Verder dying at the end is just like, what? Why? Leave what? him alone. <laughs> yeah, it gets um, really crazy. Uh, as, as a scientist, the antimatter laser beam, come on. <laughs> Obsessed. Amazing. Just that whole thing, like, riffraff. It's a beam of pure antimatter. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and then my last one is literally just Dr. Scott's fishnet legs under his wheelchair man blanket. Oh, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I know so many guys that love fishnets, by the way. Uh, I don't like fishnets. You love fishnets? I yeah. know oh, sometimes, but I know so many guys that actually just love it. Um great i feel like only for a costume i can't imagine any time in my life of just i wouldn't just only costume yeah, i wouldn't like and if i do i wear it with tights underneath because i don't like your skin like sticking mm. through the holes yes. it's kind of weird <laughs> so there, nobody talks about this you have to wear tights under the fishnets unless they're those massive ones yeah. anyways yeah good stuff so that's it that is um that's it yeah so we just need to do final verdicts uh did the movie pass mm-hmm. the sam's test I mean, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. Queer. Absolutely. I put, I, I, I put, uh, I can replace like queer, you know, queer beauty with women's stuff as, as sort of the same yeah. bucket of. But even at, non, even at that, you still have like, um, you know, you've got, you've got Magenta and Columbia. You've got like a few other, like there's yeah. a bunch of female characters and, and because of the whole style of the movie anyway, it's not that, it's not the norm of like, these are the men and then these the supporting women. It, it, it's very different. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, it's just a weird conglomerate and also obviously Janet's agency. Yeah. I, I also just want to quickly talk about that. Like, I understand that him jumping into bed would have been a violation of a degree of consent, but it actually didn't stop me from being incredibly turned on by both of those oh. scenes and yeah no i i, I was I like mean, would would love yeah i mean i understand look yeah blah 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 70s or whatever it is okay fine but uh, i just was like yeah like i want tim curry to surprise me in the middle of the night and to be like yeah. and him to be like i know this feels weird but you want it and i'm like <laughs> you're right it. yeah <laughs> I do. Just go with it. I know. I know. I think like the whole, I think we have to like look past the, we have to look past the consent thing in in the context of that scene because it's not. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah it's it's like we have to look at it in terms of what that scene is meant to be um and the absurdity of of the whole thing i don't there are many i don't think we can say whether it passed the science bit because there's not really i mean there wasn't one yeah i liked the discussion if that if that's any way of passing um so what's the final verdict freda this was your first time ever seeing rocky horror picture show what do you give it i give it a a (gasps) 4.1 nice it's pretty high yeah. i just really appreciate tim curry really <laughs> Four, 4.1 for tim curry i'm a 4.5 just because i love it i can't give it like a five thing. because obviously we we normally talk about science and mm. yeah all right but yeah wrapping but it up it. so um so, so the next what movie. is can you let me finish my episode please okay go <laughs> Okay, so uh, Frida, you have the next movie choice. What is what is the pick? So basically, we're on to the category, which is like a blockbuster mm-hmm. thing. And I'm also on school holiday, so I wanted to pick a movie that I could watch with my child. Um, and so the movie that I'm going to pick is Men in Black. Oh, we did it as and a mini-sode. nothing that you or anybody can do about her. We've done it as a mini-sode. Oh, did we do it in a mini-sode? Yeah. Oh, did we already watch it? Okay, we did so. it. We did it as a mini-sode for the Aliens miniseries. You can do it as a main oh, episode. Oh, damn it. Okay. No, 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 no. I had a, I had another one. I was tossing up between two. And then the last minute I was like, wait, Men in Black. No, okay. Let me do that again. I actually last minute was scrolling through. And I was like, oh, let me do Men in Black. No, my other one. This is that. Because then I actually was like, you know what? It's, it's getting baby for him. Okay. Here's my choice. Do that again. Because it's school holidays and I want to watch something with my son. So we're doing a blockbuster film. And the movie that we're doing, Armageddon. Did we do Armageddon? <laughs> <laughs> we did it for the 90s one. Yes, did we? we did. Also, that's a terrible movie. What's wrong with me? Why don't you do Deep Impact? All right, fine. We did it already. Yeah, oh, but we did wow. Armageddon already. We did Men in Black already. If you're going to do one. No, but I've long thought we should do some of those movies again as main episodes. They were just mini ones. And also, as main episodes. also we did Armageddon and Deep Impact together in the same mini-sode, which was about 20 minutes long. We didn't talk about any of the science of any of it. So it's up to you. You can do Armageddon if you want, but that's 100% batshit terrible science movie. Deep Impact was a really oh, it's good a bat movie. <laughs> Batman in Black. Ugh, do you want to do Men in Black? I don't know then. I'm Black. confused. My other one I wanted to do was... Um, this is just so random, but... Um, I want to do Mercury Rising. <laughs> I don't know what that is. You don't know what Mercury Rising is? Because I'm, I am sincerely interested in code, code like secret codes. Yeah. I found it an interesting topic and it's, and it's also this autistic sort of thing, but from the nineties when, 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 um, people didn't know anything about autism. So I think it'd be interesting to talk about autism and codes <laughs> and autistic people breaking codes. So let's do Mercury Rising. We got there. Super random. <laughs> wow. I am, dr- I am just drunk. All right. Okay. So, um, next episode will be, or next movie will be Mercury Rising. Next week we will have a mini-sode. Um, oh, is it Crazy Clowns? That's not what it's called. But... No, no, because because we because I changed it. So it so it's actually Battlefield Earth. 
Okay, if you want to join us, please right. do uh, Science at the Movies on TikTok and Instagram. Okay, thanks. Bye.